episode 82. Welcome to Dharmic Evolution. Hey everybody, I'm your host, James Kevin O'Connor, singer-songwriter, audio-video artist, and master storyteller. He hails from Ontario, Canada, a finger-style guitarist on the trail of the greats like Michael Hedges, Tommy Emmanuel, and Buster B. Jones. It's the talented hands and imagination of Jamie Dupuis, taking us on ethereal journeys with his outstanding guitar playing. You better strap up your seatbelts and let's go for a ride. So on Dharmic Evolution, we are in Canada once again. Jamie Dupuis was with me today on the Dharmic Evolution. Hey, brother, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you know, um, I got to tell you something, man. Like, I am a favorite of the finger styling. I am such a fan of that and have been trying to do it for years and kind of incorporate that style into um, like an eclectic brand of me singing over it and never seems to work out. But I'm a fan of what you do from way back. So uh, it's a pleasure to have you on here. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I appreciate that. It's hard to find fans that are uh, into that kind of finger style stuff. So it's always nice to hear that. It's um I got to start off by asking the question. Michael Hedges? Have you yeah, heard, you've heard of him? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Okay. He's, he's a pioneer of it all, really. Yeah, yeah, I don't think there's a finger stylist out there that hasn't um heard or appreciated Michael Hedges. Um as a matter of fact, um Aerial Boundaries was a life-changing experience for me. And I'll, I'll just share a quick story um, before we get into it with you. I was um, a contractor in my previous life. So way, way back when I first started my business, I'm in this basement and there's these two painters there. And I'm finishing up all my electrical work. And I go to the other end of the basement. This guy put in this huge, like, you know, he had like he could put a bowling alley in his basement. So all of a sudden I hear this music coming from the other end of the um the other end of the basement. And I, I went running literally. I said, what is that? And and they had the Bose, you know, the the original Bose player. Uh it was like the remote player for the for the CDs. And it's like the first one I think that came out and it's in this uh, crusty old painted canvas cover. And out of that is playing Michael Hedges Aerial Boundaries. And, and I couldn't get out of there fast enough and get to the music store and, and search for it. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, it must, have been, it must have been so different back then because a lot of people weren't used to that sort of sound, right? Well, not only that, but the uh, not only was his music so special, but the recordings were just stellar. They were just incredibly good. So tell me, how did you get into this particular style um, of guitar playing? Like, what first attracted you to this to this sound and this methodology? Well, I mean, it all started like when I was fourteen when I picked up the guitar. Um, I had no idea about the fingerstyle music yet, but I was into the rock music, metal music. Right. And I started practicing like eight hours a day, just becoming very, very inspired to learn as much as I can. And I was always open to different styles. So I'd go online and look for all these different styles. So um, I was studying like metal, studying jazz, studying classical all at once. And I would always look for new guitarists to to be inspired by and learn from. So actually, but it took me a couple of years. So I, like, so I started with the rock and metal, and then I studied classical. 
So classical is kind of like a it's it's good training for fingerstyle. Yeah, it develops your tone, your your technique, and all that stuff. So so that really helped. But then I heard Tommy Emmanuel, just, <laughs> scariest guy in the world, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I I landed on one of his uh, videos and recordings and. And it just sounded just so incredible to me. Like I was like, "Wow, this is this is changing the way that I, I view the guitar now." Like I, I viewed the guitar more as a band instrument before, right? Because I, I was like, "Oh, I want to be a rocker. I want to shred, you know, in a band and just be awesome, be cool." But then the the feeling that Tommy Emmanuel brought to me was like, "Wow, okay, this is this is it." Like, and this is just one guitar, right? So yeah. And this changed my full perspective about being like a band guitarist compared to like a solo guitarist. So I was like, now, now I want to be like more of a solo guitar player because I, to me, I thought this music would appeal to a lot of people as well. Because when you're in a, in a rock band, metal band, you got to think like your, your audience is going to be for, you know, people who want to rock out and, you know, drink and all that stuff. But you can't really bring that to like a coffee shop or uh, you know a concert venue where people just want to you know lay back and listen to like beautiful music. So yeah, that really just appealed to me. And it, it and it's not that it wasn't just you know beautiful. Like it had like some aggressiveness to it. It had the shred elements that rockers love to have. So yeah. you have all elements in that playing. So that was that was what sold me to that for sure. Wow, you know, you know, you just like um, you just embraced all of the um, the idealism that that guitar playing is all about. We forget about what's really cool about what you just described is we forget about the silences, and and th that's the framework that builds around what you do as a finger stylist. Is, you know, bringing all that you know, the, it's aggressive, and then there's a rest, and then you know, there's a sustain, and you can really, really get into like wonderful guitar playing when you you know you incorporate all those pieces into it. And you know, full band, you don't get you don't always get that kind of um that kind those kind of disciplines don't really you don't have the opportunity you know hey let's play strength seven is it volume is that oh, what yeah. it is uh it's, that's actually just the uh my little edit there but it's just called strength it's just called strength so this will yes. give everybody an idea what jamie's music's all about check it out here jamie
Wow, man, that really crushes. It is strength. So I got to take a wild guess here, Jamie. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking I'm hearing a real low B, but I'm really thinking it's CGCGCD. Is that the tuning you're using? You're actually, yeah, you know what? You're actually hearing a low B. It's that, a B flat. It's really, that's what I thought because I'm like, that thing is ready. It's like a rubber band. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's quite low. I, sometimes I just like the tune and, and that low tuning. It just gives it a much different sort of feel. Yeah, so what is the actual tuning on that track? Uh, so it's uh, the low E string is B flat. Right. And the A string is tuned down to an F. Okay. And then the D string just stays as D. And then I tune the G down to F, the B up to C, and then the high E is just open. So it's when you think about the the, the tonality in that, it's, uh, it's like a B flat Lydian. Yeah, it's beautiful. Really, really great. And a great song, too. Thank you very much. Awesome, yeah, that, man. That song was actually dedicated to uh, one of my parents' friends and also a fan who just got cancer. And, oh. Uh, so I just thought, you know, why not uh, you know, dedicate a song and... And call it Strength. Yeah, Strength for, uh, for, for her to like, get through it. And she's, she's always been there at my, 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 my shows and, you know, so she's always supported me. So, you know, that's, that's my way to give back. That's great, man. Awesome. Hey, what kind of guitar are you playing? Uh, it's a Stonebridge. Stonebridge. I've never heard of them. Uh, is that the manufacturer? Uh, yeah, yeah. So they're uh, they're made in Czech Republic. Oh, okay. And uh, they're they're really good quality guitars for a really good price. Nice sound. Uh, so yeah, they're I've played them for years, and uh, yeah, so they're they're really good guitars. I also have another uh, another guitar that's being built right now that I should mention. Uh, his name is uh, Lucen. Lucen. Yeah, guitar. I see it on your website. Now, are they uh, where are they from? Uh, Oakville, Ontario. Okay, I thought they were Canadian. Lucen. Yeah. So really, really beautiful handmade guitars that everyone should definitely check out. Yeah. I'll be playing them very shortly. So yeah. So just wanted to throw that out there. Great. Great. Uh, tell me about your your writing style. Um, you know, when you when you sit down to write, um, do you just kind of like, okay, I'm going to pick up the guitar and see what happens, and then you start building, or do you sit down and say, there's something I'm going after in a certain tuning or a certain mood? Like, what's your modality, your favorite, you know, version of trying to come up with something? There's a couple different ways that I approach it. Sometimes I have an idea of what style I want to write in because I've studied a lot of different styles and sometimes I'm in the mood for like, you know, a gypsy jazz sort of original. Right. And uh, sometimes I'm in the mood just for more laid back, but I never know. That's the thing. I never know what's what's going to come out. So usually my writing always happens with just an idea. So I sometimes, like usually I don't even have a style in mind it's probably just like a feeling at the moment so it's always a big surprise yeah exactly yeah, yeah. But it seems as though when i come up with an, an idea it's almost like it's already been like written but it hasn't like i this idea develops itself so easily that it's almost like it's already been like done before but it hasn't you know what i mean like it's yeah like i some usually i have like this intuition of where a melody is gonna go and it just flows that way but not to say that you know i'm, I'm a master at it i just 
sometimes I just have this intuition for writing a song and it seems as though this just from this one short idea could be like two seconds five seconds it seems to like develop itself uh, into like a full song but now that being said uh, I'm always always trying to improve my writing and that's what I focus on all the time so like, you're big on the rewrite yeah yeah, yeah. so I'll, I'll go back and I'll, I'll re-edit some stuff or I'll so I have like hundreds of riffs that I've recorded and that I've never made songs out of just because sometimes I have too many ideas and, and I just have to record them and store them. So there's a lot of stored stuff out there that I haven't finished and uh, it's always, always a work in progress. Right, right. You're in the Ontario area. Yeah. So how is the gig scene in Ontario? The gig scene is pretty good. I mean, it's uh, I've been able to make a living with teaching on top of doing gigs, right? Which so I don't have to work at McDonald's. Okay, good. <laughs> so that's a good thing, right? Yeah, we got to keep you out of there. Not not that there's anything wrong with working at McDonald's, but when you can do what you can do, you shouldn't be doing that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that's the thing. Quite I mean, simple. I, I think most of all, I want to be focused on my music as much as I can just to, to get better. Cause I, I think learning is the most important thing. Knowledge is the most important thing uh, for me. Like I, you know, I like the idea of, you know, being successful, making money and all that stuff. But right. I find if you can have the knowledge, you can, you know, share that with uh, other people and inspire other people and make them realize that, you know, like, there's other styles of music out there other than pop music. Yeah. I mean, this is, I, I, I tell you, I've been a fan of, of this style of music for, uh, for a long time, probably 20 years. Um, when I first heard Michael Hedges and, um, it's still my go-to, um, there's a guy named Antonio DeFour. Do you know him? Yep. Yep. For sure. Am I saying it right? Cause I never, it's, uh, Antoine. Antoine, okay, because I don't have anybody that I, you're the first one I've met that I can bounce the stuff off of because nobody knows, like I describe it to people all the time, hey, you got to check this out, and people ask me, hey, what do you listen to when you're not writing, and I, I go, I, I listen to instrumental guitar players because yeah. that puts me in a zone that I'm relaxed, and it's just a wondrous thing, the, the type of style this is. You know, to be able to do those kind of things on the guitar, I think, is just incredible. Hey, but let's listen to Buster B. Jamie
shades of Tommy Emmanuel in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was smoking, man. Love that. Thank you very much. Thank yeah, you. very, very cool. So tell me, like, for you to craft a song like that, um, how, how long did it take you to create Buster B? Actually, I, I wrote that song... Um, when I was 19 and I had only been playing fingerstyle for maybe like two years. Yeah. And, uh, I think it, it took me like a couple months to put it all together. Cause I had this idea. Um, and then I was messing around with that for a while. And, and then I came up with a couple new ideas and just molded it all together. But it's so, so yeah, it has an influence of Tommy Manuel, but yeah, the most, uh, influence in that song is um, from Buster B. Jones. Okay. So he's uh, he's kind of like an underground. Uh, he was an underground kind of fingerstyle player. Um, he was recognized by Chet Atkins, uh, Jerry Reed, you know, and and he got to jam with Tommy Emmanuel. But the thing was with him is that he never wanted the fame. So right. that's why a lot of people don't know who he is. But yet he's just an incredible player, and he he had some great tunes. Uh, but the thing that really attracted me to his playing was when I was young, I liked the really fast playing, so I just wanted to go for the fastest thing. Yeah, he was like the fastest. Like he would play the fastest tunes ever. So that's where I got the idea of doing those riffs uh, in that song. Yeah, it's awesome, man. I thought when you said it took me two, I thought you were going to say two years, which you know I would think two months. That's pretty <laughs> awesome, man. Hey, um, let me ask you, what is your favorite tuning, Jamie? Like out of all, you're obviously an alternate tuning fan. Um, so do you have a favorite at all? I, like I do, but I hate it because Why? I'm having to tune it live. You know what I mean? Oh, like, that's the worst, yeah. So, so I've been trying to get away from the open tunings. Uh, a lot of a lot of my tunes now only have like two strings that are in the lower end. Yeah. Detune, you know, and then the rest I try to sort of stick with maybe trying to do a capo thing so it sounds like an open tuning. Yeah. But the thing with playing it uh, live is that if you have too many open tunings, then I find nowadays the audience uh, attention is very short. So if you're having to spend, you know, two, three minutes between each song to tune, you've almost yeah. lost your your audience there. And I yeah. mean, even Tommy Emmanuel says that he's like, if you and if you see one of his concerts, he's he goes through tunes like one after the other, like he yeah. stops and then he'll maybe do like 30 minutes of that. And then he'll take like a short little pause, maybe have one song where he tunes or something like that or switch guitars. Yeah. And that's about all you'll see uh, in terms of like waiting for the next song, right? Yeah. Or, so what? So which is your your favorite that you that you hate? <laughs> yeah, uh, it's uh, it's this um, tuning. It's like an open E sus tuning kind of, and it's the the song Clear Blue Sky. Okay. Uh, you'll you'll be uh, playing. Uh, that's uh, E. So the low E. And then tune down, uh, so that that one stays the same. And then the A is tuned down to uh, G sharp. And then the D string is tuned up to a high E. So that one's kind of tricky because you can sometimes 
oftentimes actually snap that D string. I was going to say, man, that's a stretch. Wow. Yeah, that's why I hate it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and then the G is tuned down to an F sharp, and uh, that's it. So Okay, and, there, and B and E stay the same. Yes. Yeah. It's a really, really nice sound. Like, it's definitely my favorite sound for sure wow I, i've never tried that one you know and but just to circle back to the live performance um one of my faves is you know cg cg cd the open c tuning and you can't do that you can't go in tune because the guitar it's such a radical change it's you know oh, yeah. that the strings just they're so unforgiving like if you don't give it five minutes you're going to be out of tune after the first verse so I always bring a second guitar or I just say, you know, I can t I figured out that I can tune to Dadgad on the fly really quickly and then stay in that for like two or three songs. But but you're right. You lose your audience so quickly that if you're not real fast at it, um, if you're constantly changing tuning, uh, everybody's going to the bar for a drink or they're getting in the car and they're finding something else to do, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And lately, actually, I've been experimenting with different... Uh, ideas like using the capo as your advantage for open tunings like i figured out how to do like uh like a dadgad tuning right with just the capo yeah do you use the cutaway capos that only capo up like a couple of strings i actually want to invest in one of those because i've been using just the regular capo to just like Oh yeah, I'll send you a link where um where you can pick those up. They're great because you know they just pick, they'll leave your low E string that'll be cut away, so your low E string stays as is, and it'll just do two or three strings, and then you can kind of move it around and and kind of create your own without touching the strings. It's pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. That that's something I'll be looking at for sure. Yeah. So um so what's going on with um with uh, product lately as far as your music? You sent me a bunch of great songs. Um do you have an EP out, a full-length album out? Like what's um what can people go and pick up that you have um produced right now? Yeah, I mean, I have some music on iTunes. You just write my name like Jamie Dupley uh on iTunes. Right. And, okay. Uh, I have two albums. I have an album that was done in 2011, and then one done in 2015, which was, that one was uh, independent. Can you give us the titles of those, Jamie? Yeah, so the first album in 2011 was Inspired by a Dream. Okay. The second album is called Elements. Great. Look for those, and, folks. Yeah, it's on Spotify, iTunes, uh all those those different sites there. Great. We got to play this one here because I love this track. It's called Clear Blue Sky.
clear blue sky. Gotta love that one, man. Hey, tell us how you recorded that one. Like, what kind of gear do you use? Like, where do you do, you do this in the studio? You do it in your own studio? Oh, yeah. Um, so that one was recorded just in my uh, apartment. Nice. So what I do, you- I, yeah, so that one I used a, a Boss BR-1600. Okay. Uh, although it doesn't really provide with top quality like audio, but somehow so that recording ended up being like good quality. Like it's like I can't always get that quality out of it for some reason. But is that the mic, the BR sixteen hundred? No, that's actually a mixer. Oh, that's so- what I thought because I don't think Bo- I didn't think Boss made microphones. Yeah, um, it's studio like uh, portable studios. So it's like it, it's um, that's what it is. It's like a full studio on its own. You can burn the disc. Uh, on that machine. Oh, I know the one you're talking about because I've owned a lot of their products. What kind of microphone setup? Well, I at that time I was using a cheap Samson hundred dollar uh, condenser mic. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it crushes, man. Just one mic? Uh, no. So I was gonna say another mic uh, on top of that. So I was using two mics. Yeah. Um, and the other mic is a better mic. It's an Earthworks. Okay. Earthworks SR23, I think. Nice. And uh, that one's a little bit more expensive. But, uh, yeah, they you, just seem to work well together. You got a great recording out of that. Sounds really, really good. And the song kills, really. And uh, so tell me the name of the tuning. It's E, G sharp, E, F sharp, B, E. And hold your breath on the uh, tuning that D up to an E sharp. <laughs> exactly. But, but yeah. do you call that open E? Because I've never used this tuning before. It's it's not exactly an open E chord. Right. Um, because you have that F sharp in there. So do you call it the Dupuis special? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess we can we can stick with that. Right? All right, I gotta try it, man. I'm gonna try that one out because I, I love <laughs> messing around with you know for like just you know I I kind of write short story type of thing. So I, I always um, I always tell people if you're stuck, you know, and you can't you're, you're not you're just not feeling it. Try doing alternate tuning if you've never tried it before. Because um, the thing that I love about it is it puts you in that space of. I have to learn all new chords now. I have no idea what I'm doing. So the guitar is almost like completely virgin canvas to me. Exactly. And I love being in that space, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because you, you can get new ideas instantly. Yeah. Hey, tell me, Jamie, going to see you live, what is the experience? Do you play always solo? Are you doing like, do you have anybody with you? What's What can people expect if they come to see you play? Well... Uh, it's been a long journey for sure. I've played with a lot of different artists, a lot of different vocalists. Right. Um, and recently, just just recently, I've started regaining my my solo um, career because um, I've gotten opportunities for me to to do that. Okay. So I just got a grant actually to work on some harp guitar music. Um, and uh, what does that, that mean? That, what do you mean harp guitar music? Just harp, well, harp guitar is a, another instrument that I work with. It, it's a guitar with extra bass strings on it. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I gave you uh, a song that we can check out. Uh, it's best, best if you listen to it with headphones because you you can hear those low tones. Okay. And Michael Hedges actually used the harp guitar quite often. Okay. And uh, so back to the story. So I was doing the band thing because. Uh, that was kind of providing me with, you know, paying the rent. And a lot of the times uh, in, in a smaller town, you there's mainly just bars to play at. 
And those bars like to hear the covers. So I was also playing with a lot of vocalists and doing that type of thing. And I was really thankful that I was able to do that, to pay the rent. Uh, Because even though, you know, it's covers, I was still able to to play music and and pay the rent. And uh, but now I'm, I'm actually back on track with being true to myself as an artist, because I think that's very important. You don't want to lose yourself uh, as an artist. You don't want to lose that inspiration, because if, if that happens, then you, you're losing the full meaning of why you're playing music. So right. I, you know, I was on the verge of, of losing that almost, because I was doing so much you know, cover music and so much stuff just to pay the bills that I was forgetting about you know, sitting down and just being like, I'm just going to feel this music and, and, and just record it uh, with perfection and stuff. So I'm finally getting back to that stage where I can really focus and I have so many ideas that I want to do and there's so much time that I'm going to have to spend to perfect these ideas, but I'm really looking forward to uh, sharing these new new songs and this new this new path with everyone. So. Yeah, and sometimes I think we get uh, a little twisted and turned around and we forget about the, the the original reason why we were pulled into what we were doing, you know? And uh, then you come back and you find it again and it's kind of like, yeah, this is, this is what I'm meant to do. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. Exactly. Yeah, hey, and let me ask you about, um, are you present on social media? Are you leveraging that to get to get your music out into the world? And, and if so, what, what's your favorite platform? I'm doing the best I can, right? And I'm trying to understand each, you know, each sort of, uh, you know, uh, opportunity that I can take, like Facebook and YouTube and Instagram, and they all have like sort of a different purpose and a different way, a different approach that uh, you have to take on them. So lately, Instagram has been my my number one sort of. Uh, most successful one so far great sure. i'm glad to hear you say that and that's where you know i i met you and uh, i meet a lot of people on instagram and you know maybe not uh, with big opportunities at this point but i'm getting a lot of you know young players saying you know i want to learn this song so i tab out a song for them and hand it out to them and i'm always glad to do that because it's 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 like a song that i wrote and I love to hear people cover my music. So right. I just released a, a new tab for my song Buster B and I just sent it out to about 20 different people. So I'm looking forward to hearing uh, maybe a cover of that. Great, and, great. Uh, so Instagram has been just fantastic. Like there's just so many musicians on there now posting little clips. And, and I think maybe nowadays the attention span of, of people is becoming shorter. So 15 seconds now is satisfying enough for people to, yeah. to you know that's enough like you know you get you post 15 seconds and like yeah we got it we got the idea that's enough maybe not in, in the sense that like you know if they want to buy your album and all that stuff but sometimes that gives you enough of an idea if you you like it and you want to be inspired by it and and want to learn it or, or purchase it so because i find that the Instagram thing has been working great, but the YouTube thing hasn't been working as good because I find with YouTube, it's more about like having either, you know, like um, a viral video that's that's going around, people are sharing it, 
or you have a cover that you've posted at the right time where people are searching that cover and they're landing on your your video right and that's getting some views but if you have like an original that no one's sharing no one's really knowing about it's almost impossible to get those views right like i've had originals up on youtube for a long time and they've kind of just stayed there because no one knows to search you know jamie dupe original so right um youtube has been a totally different thing i've been doing covers on youtube a lot and that's that's been working out right and i try to do my own arrangements uh you know like just arrange it in a in a fun way a unique way that no one's done it before and that that's been that's been fun but i definitely want to get back into the original aspect of my playing but I, not to say that I'm going to quit doing covers. I'm always going to do that because that always reaches out to people in a different way. Yeah, yeah. I think the uh, I think from from where I sit because I ask everybody about this because I'm always learning and and the platforms are coming out fast and furious. There's Snapchat. There's Instagram. There's there's all of these places you can go. There's they just came out with Anchor and there's another new one that just hit. <laughs> So it's like, how do you keep up? It's like overwhelm, you know? So um, I, I don't know. From my experience and what I've learned from others, I think you have to pick the two or three that you're, you know, that's your jam and you go with that. And I think Instagram is probably far and away uh, the best platform for us artistic type of people because there's a lot of um, a lot of connection and a lot of meetings and the direct message is great on that. So uh, I'm glad that you're on that one. Hey, I want to hear this harp guitar. Let's play hauntingly with Jamie Dupree. Here we go.
Wow, that is a hauntingly great track, my friend. That's awesome. Thank you so much. The harp guitar comes into play with Jamie Dupuy. Yeah, so tell us about that one. What was the inspiration behind that song? Uh, That one was just actually a random sort of uh, riff that I came up with. And um, And it took you down the trail. Yeah, I mean, and 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 I, I didn't think that it would develop into anything, to be honest. Because I is sometimes when you play something that's really easy to you, you're like, oh, this is just this is just nothing, it's right? Just, right? It's just it's so easy, it just fits in your, you know, and you're playing so easily that you don't think it's like something new and fresh. But it just but, flows, right? It's like it, it almost like invites you in. Yeah, and yeah. and the thing was when I recorded it. I was like, wow, okay. It might be easy to play, but there's something about it that that is just sort of like haunting, you know? Like, yeah. And, and the melody, and it, it all seemed to flow together. And I was like, this is actually, you know, it's pretty good and uh, worth keeping. And, and that's where it all started. I just developed like new ideas and, and built it together and it became like a piece so yeah i mean it sometimes you know don't underestimate the you know simplicity yeah the little gifts that just come in out of the ether you know <laughs> that's awesome exactly yeah. yeah i love it i love it hey listen we're just running out of time already jamie this was awesome i'm so glad we connected um and um, I'm so happy you took time out to visit us at Dharmic Evolution, my friend. And uh, anything you want to shout out, like uh, let's give your website so people can connect to you, support you, purchase your music. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, I have like my website is just www.jamiedupuy.com and uh, I have a YouTube page where I'm always posting covers. That one is just uh, youtube.com slash acoustic um i'm on instagram my instagram is jamie d jazz or if you just write my name jamie dupuy i'm sure you'll come across my account and uh yeah we're already connected on instagram and by the way i'll have all of these in the show notes and folks if you're searching for jamie it's d-u-p-u-i-s and uh he's in toronto area so if you're up that way look for him playing too Hey, brother, it was a great pleasure and uh, awesome to have you on Dharmic Evolution. I appreciate you being here, and um, we will be in touch uh, very soon with your interview as we circle the globe in 43 countries. Awesome. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for having me, and uh, wish you all the best with your your, uh, Dharmic Evolution, and uh, it was a pleasure. Strength. Buster B, Clear Blue Sky, Hauntingly, Dedicating Strength to Cancer, Inspired by a Dream and Elements. We're getting into the nitty-gritty on this one. Yes, alternate tunings, microphones, harp guitars, bars, covers, and covering the rent. You gotta pay the rent. And being true to thyself as an artist. Check out all the links to Jamie Dupuy in the show notes, as always. 
And when you get a chance, head over to dharmicevolution.com. Check out all of the content on the site, including my coaching page. If you're a podcaster new to this space or thinking of becoming one, I am the podcast launch expert and can help you with that challenge. Just email me at kevin at dharmicevolution.com. And if you've been a guest on this show, you are now famous in 46 countries and you are on the site. And Jamie's now on the site. There's also videos, photos, conversations, music downloads, and links to all of my past guests on the site. Don't forget, the downloads are free. However, the content is priceless. And if you guys are feeling the love on the show, please stop by iTunes. Leave a review for us. I read them all. And thank you all. It helps the growth of this show tremendously. And the more we grow, the more we can continue to serve the indie artist community around the world. Tune in this coming Friday, April 26th to DE82A for The Experience. Another brand new song from James Kevin O'Connor, A New Adventure. English Bob has promised to stop by, and there is a rumor that Bernie Sanders may be here, but that's according to Jacked Up Jimmy, so I don't know if I can confirm that one for sure. Also on Sunday, the 24th, DE83, some neo-soul sounds from Michigan. It's the very talented and soulful sounds of Jerry Wade. Don't miss that one. Hey, that's it for me today. I'm your host, James Kevin O'Connor, singer, songwriter, audio, video artist, and master storyteller. So until the next time when we meet again, I'll either see you on the socials or I'll see you from the stage. Let's do it.